Good evening, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Thursday, September the 14th, 2023, at 6.37 p.m. Central Time. Now, today's focus is going to be on vein cleaning, but before we get to today's focus, we're going to do a couple of things. First, I have a crazy idea. It is a crazy idea. I probably should not even entertain the idea. I should not even, I I should not do this, but I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I've already done a little bit of the preliminary work. I've already done, but, but I'm trying to talk myself out of this, but let me explain. There is something that I absolutely love and I've loved this for my entire Christian life. Now, in the first part of my Christian life, my Christian radio exposure was 88.1 KGNZ, the good news, Abilene, Texas. That's where I first discovered contemporary Christian music and I first discovered music. Okay, right. Now, that station at the time was brand new. They they were broadcasting literally like in a little portable building out in a out in the country somewhere. And like, and it was funny because sometimes someone would be like out walking in the country, see this little portable building and open the door and they would be in there broadcasting. It was actually fun, funny, hilarious, but it was really cool. It felt very organic and real. And, and I was learning a little bit about this music that I didn't know existed, which was called contemporary Christian music. I wasn't even a Christian at the time, but it was music and it was radio. So I, they had me, I was fascinated and begin, you know, trying to investigate this new world of music. So, but they didn't do a lot of, uh, they had a, an audio dramatized audio Bible reading uh, that they did a couple of times a day. I really love that. They had some devotional, uh, uh, programs. I think Derek Prince, I didn't realize his, uh, charismatic connection at the time. Um, they had him, they had Chuck Swindoll, obviously listen to him, focus on the family. Um, adventures and odyssey at some point, uh, came, come, came around, um, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of other really teaching programs. It was primarily music, primarily. So, um, then another program, another station came on the air. I do not remember the name of it. And I, and it was like a, it was, it was a, a station that was somewhere else. They just kind of put a transmitter here where we could pick it up. And uh, there, that one had a lot more teaching. This is where I began to hear John MacArthur, Chuck Smith. Um, the Lutheran hour and a lot of other uh, decent things. So, but I still didn't really get, I really didn't get exposed to what my, my idea is at this, at this time. Then I, I joined the military. I end up in Omaha, Nebraska, and I hear family radio and it's broadcasting out of Iowa, but we can pick it up there in Omaha. Now, late at night, it was hard to pick up, but I, I, I loved family radio. Loved, 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 loved. It was conservative. It was hymns. It was Bible teaching, devotional material. I loved everything about family radio. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I, I can't even begin to even explain the impact it had on my life. But there was something that they would do. I think maybe once or twice a day, they would do something like a Bible quiz. And I loved it. I loved it. I was like, give me the questions. Give me the questions. And they would give me the questions. And I would, I would try to write the questions down or I, or I would hit record. I know this is like really, really, really dating me. I would have cassettes ready and then, oh, boom, hit record. And then I could just go back and listen to those quizzes because it challenged me to go, oh, wait, who was the father? Wait, who was the wife of? Wait, where did this happen? Wait, what happened? And like, and then I would sometimes have to go look it up and I, and I loved it. So I think that was the very first time. I think it was the first time that I had ever heard that. I, th- I think it was family radio. I could be wrong. It, it was in Omaha. Now we also had, was it KG something? I can't remember. It was a, the radio station that was connected to Grace University where I became a student. Um, they did a lot of teaching there as well. Um, they kind of moved more away from that, but at, at the very beginning. And so they did, I think, Bible quizzes as well. So I really began to love this. And then in my first independent fundamental Baptist church, um, sometimes on Sunday night, we, they would do a couple of things. Sometimes we would do sword drills where he would name something and then you'd have to find who could find it first. Sometimes he would do like questions 
you know, like these trivia, like almost like a trivia question, but like these Bible quizzes. I loved that. I loved, 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 loved that. And today in 2023, um, the BBN, the Bible Broadcasting Network, BBN Radio, you can download their app. What time does it come on? Two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning, somewhere between two and 4 a.m. They do Bible quiz and they ask five questions. And I absolutely love it. Now I'll be like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I got to grab my bike. It's two or three, four in the morning. And I'm like, wait, shh, wait, I got to get this down. I got to get this down. I get to get, what am I doing? I, and, and so I'm stumbling around in the dark, trying to grab my iPad, trying to do, I'm like, I got to get these down because I just love, 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 love that. So those are some examples of me. Just, I, I, I fell in love with this. So then I was thinking, and I was thinking about this. Early this morning, early this morning, somewhere between 2 and 4 a.m., I started thinking, what if, what if I created a podcast series? I don't know what we would call it. I don't want to call it the daily Bible quiz because then that would mean I would have to record one every single day, right? So I don't want to do that to myself, even though that sounds really good. Okay, but we got to come up with a clever title. This is one of those, let's build a podcast series. You guys help me with the Today's Focus podcast series. I mean, but I, my idea is just five quiz questions, five, like, and I, and I want to do it like, I want to, I want to not lock myself in completely, but they're really the focus would be like, here's today, I want you to look up. Now, sometimes it would be assignments, right? Just little assignments, little assignments, but more I'm going to try to present it as a quiz, like, you know, as, hey, what is the meaning of this? And where did this happen? Just, I don't know, all kinds of quizzes. I want to, I want to give myself a little bit of freedom there, but just five questions. uh, Well, not, I don't, I don't want to say every day, but every time, we go live on the air and then make it its own separate podcast for all the different podcasting apps. I know that's that could be detrimental. That could hurt me ultimately. But if I could do that, if I could do that, the benefits would be, I, I think, pretty good because here, here's, I, I, again, let me, let me try to give the, the bigger picture here. I am more and more and more and more and more convinced and we've talked about this in our series on dispensationalism, and I've been talking about this when I deal with the political hijacking of the American church, how theological systems become your hermeneutic. is trying to get people back into the actual Bible to see the text, to see what it actually says. So giving people questions. Now, again, will can you get people actually to do something? Can you get people, you know, each time to tune into a podcast series that gives them five things to, to try to answer and to go find the answer? Then in the next, the next time I broadcast, I'd be like, our last quiz was, here are the five. And then, and then get, do I give the five answers or do I never give the five answers? I don't know. I'd have to figure out. Do the, does the next day I review the five answers quickly and then give the next five questions? I don't know. I think that's probably what we would do. At least I think so. But it would at least get people into the text. There would be no theological system attached to it. There would be no presupposition. It would be like things that you can literally answer Basically, from the text is what I would shoot for. Things you could answer directly from the text. And not trying to come in and explain it or clarify it or add context, just from the text. Now, we would need, I I, I think I got some theme music. I think I found some theme music I can buy. So we have theme music. Uh, I, I don't know. We would need a name. And then we would need a format. Um Okay, someone said, yes, I would have to give the five answers eventually. Okay, so, all right. So then the next episode, I'd be like, in the in, in yesterday's quiz, or in the quiz that we did two days ago, here were the five questions, and here are the five answers. I guess I would have to. I guess I would have to. I guess so. All right. So that could make them a little bit longer. So, but Because I, I don't want it to become too long. Maybe I only make it three questions instead of five. Maybe we go with three. What do you think? What do you think? I think I think three would be pretty good, don't you? I think three would be pretty good. I, we could try five. 
just we would not I think what we would do is not give any indication in description or title and how many questions are going to be asked every day, because maybe some days I only have two I want to give. And some days maybe I have four. Maybe some days I don't really have anything else I want to do. And I give six. Well, it depends on how hard you're making them. I think they would be relatively simple, I think. I mean, people would have to look. I don't know. So so we may try this. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but we may want to do that. Uh, yeah. Uh, does it have to be the same number every time? I don't think so. I don't think it has to be the same number every time. At least I don't think so. That's my, my own personal feelings. It doesn't have to be, but we will have to wait and see. It's just a crazy idea. I've been, I've been debating with myself going, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And the reason I was thinking about this is because not only because I heard, um, yeah, don't put the, uh, the number in the name. Yeah. I think that's a good idea, but, um, it's because last night or well, early this morning, I heard BBN do their Bible quiz. And I was like, oh, I love this. I love this. But remember, now we're going to transition. So that's the idea. You can let me know what you think about the idea. But let me transition. If you remember, late last night, late last night, we did a today's focus about tomorrow. If that meant. So last night, we did a today's focus about tomorrow, which is now today. And I gave you basically three principles about tomorrow, but I gave you the principles and I did not give you the scripture reference. I told you to go find the scripture references today uh, because last night we did a today's focus about tomorrow and now tomorrow is today. And today you're supposed to be doing the assignment from yesterday's today's. Okay. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. I'm having a little bit of fun there, but you get the, and so I told you to look them up. So that kind of like, oh, see, that's kind of like a quiz. That's kind of like a, I like it. I like it. I like it. Now, participation levels, <laughs> participation levels wasn't so good. Okay. So in other words, it's, that, that's so me, right? Oh, the participation numbers are, are garbage. Let's do an entire podcast series on something that just proved to be extremely unpopular. That, that's, 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 that's the story of my podcasting career. Wait, find out what no one likes and double down. Okay. Find out what no one likes. Do more of it. Okay. Drive as much of your audience away from you as possible. That, that is my po- podcasting uh, philosophy. But I do want to give you some of the scriptures that I had in mind for yesterday's broadcast or last night's broadcast, all right? So I wanted you to consider, and I'm just going to give you a couple of these. I'm not going to um, read all of these. I'm just going to reference them. Would be Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1, uh, you could find a lot of, of verses dealing with what we kind of talked about yesterday in James chapter 4, verses 8 through 17. James chapter 4, verses 8 through 17. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. And Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21. So for last night's, today, today's focus, I gave you three principles about tomorrow, which is today. And today you were supposed to find the scriptures that connected with those principles. The scriptures I wanted you to spend today looking at and thinking about and finding and looking up was Proverbs 27, 1, James 4, 8 through 17, Matthew 6, 34, and Luke 12, 16 through 20. One. Now, I gave you all, obviously, freedom to find as many as you would have liked. But again, the participation level wasn't great. But you know what? I see. Sometimes this is my weird way of thinking from a theological perspective, from a pastor perspective. When I see people don't participate, when I see people who don't, I I almost, it almost to me screams, that's what they need. 
Because when you give people what they want, that's typically not what they, when people say this is what they want, usually it's not what they need. We rarely want what we need. Right? We rarely want, we really, when we need something, we don't really want it. We may need a medication. We, we don't necessarily want it. We may need a surgery. We may not necessarily want it. We may need to spend extra time doing, we may not want to do it. So sometimes when I kind of feel like, ooh, I'm not getting that vibe that people love it. Ah, oh, that may be what they need. It's not what they want. So I'm going to give them what they need, which means they'll need to find another podcast because they won't like that I'm trying to. But I think sometimes it's important. So I so I, I do want to go back to the, the quiz idea. So we will see. But those are the scriptures for yesterday's quiz slash assignment. Let me give them to you one more time. Proverbs 27.1. James 4, 8 through 17, Matthew 6, 34, and Luke 12, 16 through 21. I hope you will look all of them up. I hope you'll go back and listen to those principles about tomorrow that we did yesterday, about tomorrow, which is now today. All right. Yeah. Can have lots of fun with that. Now for today. For this evening's Today's Focus, for this Thursday, September the 14th, 2023, I don't have this completely fleshed out now. This is, again, Today's Focus. I'm just going to hand this to you. I don't have it all figured. I'm just going to kind of throw it on a plate, hand it to you, and then let you do some work on it and, and see if you can if you can clean these concepts up. But I think we have a very important idea here. Now, this morning, I was driving through the flooded streets of Abilene. Right. And we had a interesting sermon about love versus charity. Remember that? And it kind of got confusing. I thought that was a good discussion. I thought we had a little bit of fun with that. I got, yeah, I was even a little confused by what he was saying, but we, we made good distinctions about all of that. And I think we did a pretty good job. Well, this afternoon, I had to go out for another drive. This time it was at the flooded streets of Abilene because the sun was shining and it was 752 degrees. Okay. Well, it wasn't 752 degrees, but it was kind of muggy and well, all the waters had kind of was gone. And because, well, it only takes about five seconds for everything to dry up here. So, so I was driving and I was listening to another sermon, another sermon. And this one was utilizing Psalm chapter 73. Psalm chapter 73. I'm not going to play any audio from this at any time. He was making some excellent points. I really, really appreciated how he called for Christians to be more open and honest with our struggles and our feelings. And when we get bothered and upset with God, I really, really appreciated some of the things he said there. I may not agree with everything, but I was happy with it. But the thing that jumped out of me, and it wasn't even his main emphasis, wasn't even his main focus, but just when he, in fact, he, I don't even know if he really read the verse. He just kind of referenced it. But when he made a certain, he used a few words from it, it immediately hit me. And I'm like, wow, that is good. So before I read this, let me ask you a question. Being a Christian and striving to live the Christian life, striving to follow what God says, striving to, to not be bitter and to forgive people and to love your neighbor and turn the other cheek and let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth and not have any lust and no, like all of these things that we're called to do to try to seek to love God and to love others and, and to forgive others and all these things that we're called to do. There are many, we know that those, those, now that we know that law condemns us and drives us to Christ, but we know we're still called to Pursue it, trying to do that, mortifying the flesh, fighting against the flesh, trying to do what's right. We know it's a lot of work. We know that there's a lot of effort that must be put into it. That's why we immediately know all of the theological claims that no, when you become a Christian, dun, dun, da, da, you're a new creature. The old is gone. Everything is new. And boom, you now have a heart of flesh and the heart of stone is gone and, and you can do it. Well, we know it's not that simple because 
Well, we know that anyone who's been a Christian knows how much you fight and you struggle and the things you want to do, you don't do. And the things you don't want to do, those are the things you're doing. And you're constantly in a perpetual state of, of struggle and fighting and warring and battling. We all know that. And if we're even remotely honest with ourselves, even for five seconds, sometimes I don't know about you. And hey, you know what? I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes I say, what's the point? I'm tired of trying. I'm tired of struggling to forget it. I'm just going to here, here, take my Bible, take everything. Just take my, take the pulpit, take the microphone, take the computer, take the name of Christianity. I'm done with it. I'm going to Vegas. Well, wherever the case may, I'm finished. Oh, come on now. I cannot be the only one who's ever said that or thought that. I can't be. Sometimes you're like, what's the point of fighting? What's the point of striving? What's the point? What's the point? And you may even feel that even more so if you've ever fought and struggled and then you fall and you, and maybe you embarrassed yourself or humiliate yourself. And, and guess what? Sometimes because no one will ever let it go and you'll be branded with that for the rest of your life. Sometimes you're like, what's even the point now? Because Christians will always be the one going, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like if, if David lived today and he went to your church, you'd be like, yeah, yeah. You may be David and you may have killed Goliath, but hey, we know what you did, right? We would never let them live it down. So what would be the point of even trying? Look, you would, there's plenty of things in the Christian life that can make you just say, it's not worth it. Now, all of those thoughts come flooding in my mind because in this sermon on Psalm 73, even though it wasn't his primary emphasis, he made a reference to these words. Psalm 73, verse 13, the psalmist says this, the psalmist wrote this, Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. Like, in other words, verily, I have cleansed my heart, but please note, in vain, and washed my hands in innocency. In other words, it has, he feels like at this point, it's been vain to cleanse his heart. It's been vain to wash his hands in innocency. If we look at this scripture and other translations. Okay, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Okay, there we go. I don't know what just started happening. I'm listening to myself. Let me read this from other translations. I apologize there. All of a sudden, my iPad was like, hey, 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 we're working now. We're going to play the podcast. Okay, all right, here we go. Psalm 73, verse 13. Psalm, if, if you were listening to the pre-show, the, the beta site was having some problems. And so we were trying to get it to play. And well, all of a sudden it started working. All right, but here we go. Here's Psalm 73, 13. And every English translation I can find. You ready? Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. New Living Translation. I like this. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I like that one. I like that one because you really feel it, right? You really feel the, the, the idea there. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? The ESV, all in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. The Berean study, surely in vain have I kept my heart pure and innocence I have washed my hands. The psalmist here is basically throwing up his hands going, it's been vain. It's been meaningless. It's been waste of time. It's been useless to try to keep my heart pure, to try to clean my heart, to wash my hands. Like I'm trying my best. I'm fighting and I'm struggling. But why? Oh, we've all felt that to some level. Oh, come on. You know you have. We'll put it this way. If you haven't, Praise God. That's one area of your Christian life. You're far superior than me, right? But I know how detrimental that, that feeling can be. It can be detrimental to so many parts of your life. So what I did is I grabbed my journal 
And I started writing some principles down about vain cleaning based on the whole Psalm of Psalm 73. So I want you to write down the words vain cleaning. And I want you, I'm going to walk through this and throw some things at you, but I'm not going to finish it for you. I'm not going to finish it for you. Okay. So here we go. The first thing I want you to consider And the first thing I wrote down, which I've already alluded to, but I want you to really write this down, is I want us to acknowledge the reality of the struggle and difficulty of cleansing our hearts and hands. It's not an easy task. It's a difficult task. It's one that we will never fully succeed at, and it's met with struggle and failure. We need to acknowledge the difficulty of trying to live out the Christian life. Here we have, because we ultimately are given a law which we cannot keep and which we will never keep, meaning we're going to be in a perpetual state of failure. It's like a task. It's like, hey, push this rock up that hill, but you're never going to get to the top, ever. But you have to just keep trying. You, you are, you are now, your life is committed to trying to push this rock all the way to the top of that hill and you're never going to get there. That's the Christian life. That's the Christian life. Because you're not, because the top of the hill is perfection and you're never going to get there. It's holiness. You're never going to get there. It's godliness. You're never going to get there. That's why your only hope is positional holiness, positional righteousness. But we're still called to push that rock. We're still called to mortify the flesh. We're still called to die to self. We are still called to do it. Now, those things are laws which condemn us showing that we won't. So again, our only hope and rest is in the imputed righteousness of Christ. But we're still called to pursue these things. But we need to acknowledge the difficulty and the struggle. I know we're always supposed to go, everything is wonderful. Everything is good. God, nothing is impossible for God. He'll do it. Well, if, again, if it was that simple, then we would all just be sinless and without sin because then God did it and we would be good to go. So we need to acknowledge that reality. So that's simple. It's just, it, it look. He notes it right here in Psalm 73, verse 13. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. All right. He is, he's acknowledging that, like, he's showing you this is something he is doing. He's not talking about a positional cleansing or a positional holiness or a, no, he's talking about, or a positional innocence. He's talking about a practical. He's been striving and he feels like it's been in vain. Right. So he's acknowledging it. The second principle that I want you to write down. The danger of feeling it's all vain and useless. There is a built-in danger for the believer that at some point, you're at maybe multiple points, at multiple times you're going to be like, what is the point? Why am I doing this? Why am I struggling? Why am I fighting? I'm filled with constant guilt and shame. And why? Why? And we we have to be reminded of the words. Just to show you that clearly this is a danger, we see this danger, kind of a warning about this danger in the New Testament. You probably know which scripture I'm going to go to. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, verse 8. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Do not be weary in well doing. Guess why why that's there? Because we have a tendency to become weary in well doing. We have to acknowledge the difficulty in cleaning our heart, washing our hands. Practically, not positionally. Positionally, we don't have to do anything. But number two, we need to understand the danger of feeling all is vain and useless. We got to know that danger is there. We got to know that at any point, you can start feeling it. You can feel the weight of it. I know I do. I do a lot Number three, we need to identify the causes of those feelings. 
We need to be able to identify what is causing me to feel this way. What is causing me to feel this way? Now for this exercise, it's simple. You just need to use Psalm 73 and figure out everything going on in Psalm 73 that's making the psalmist say in Psalm 73, verily I've cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hand and hands in innocency. Why is the psalmist feeling that way? Your job is to identify all of the causes outlined in Psalm 73. We're going to read some of them, but I really want you to tear the text apart and really, 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 really just meditate on it. Meditate, 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 meditate until you can see what is causing this. Let's read some of this. I think you're going to see this almost instantaneously in the text. Some of these are so obvious. I wanted to outline them. Maybe we'll do more work. Well, it just depends on how, again, most likely the participation will be low, proving to me that we probably need to spend more time on this. But here we go. Psalm 73, verse 1. Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. Now, please note, when we speak of a clean heart, there's, there is a positional clean heart and there's a practical clean heart. Positional clean heart is done by faith because of what Christ has done. Our, our sins are completely forgiven. His righteousness is accredited to me. And then there is the, there's the practical clean heart, which we're always trying to clean, but we never truly get a clean heart because it's always got corruption in it. All right. But so he starts off with this kind of great, God is good. But now look at this. But as for me, I love the contrast. God is good. But as for me, now the psalmist says, he's going to be very real here. My feet were almost gone and my steps had well nigh slipped. The psalmist here, something has happened. Now, now you start getting the, the beginning stages of those feelings like, you know what? I wasted my time cleaning my heart and washing my hands. He, you start seeing that. Now, why, why, why? What, what's caused his feet to slip? What's caused his, his, uh, his steps had, uh, to slip? His feet were almost gone. What, what's caused him to, to be slipping and, and sliding and, and falling and struggling? Are you ready for the answer? For I was envious of at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So think about this. He saw his life struggle, fight, guilt, shame, despair, failure. And then he looked at their life. And when I say their life, those who are outside the faith don't care about it because he saw the prosperity of the wicked. Look at verse four, for there are no bands uh, in their death, but their strength is firm. What does he mean by there's no bands in their death and their strength is firm? Let's look up all the English translations here. Let's go to verse four. Um, I'm sorry, that just went to, that went to verse 14. I didn't want to go to verse 14. Hang on. Here we go. Let me go all the way back. Let's go all the way back. All right, here we go. Verse four, um, verse three, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Now this is verse four. Here's all the different translations of verse four. You ready? They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. New Living Translation. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. The ESV. They have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. Okay. So in other words, he's like, I look at my life and I look at their life. And why am I struggling to do good when the people not even caring about good? They're, they're, they got happy. They seem to be doing great. He is contrasting what he's experiencing the struggle and guilt and shame with what those who are not struggling, what they're experiencing. And they seem to be, everything seems to be going well with them. Look at verse five. They're not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than their heart could wish. Now just think, you're over there denying self, trying to, trying not to engage or not to do whatever. And you feel the guilt, you feel the pangs of it. And you're like, oh, 
why? And then you look over there and there's someone like, oh, I got what I wanted. I got what I wanted. And it's great. And it's awesome. And it's amazing. And you can be like, why am I doing this? They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak lawfully. They set their mouths against the heavens and their tongues walketh through the earth. Therefore, his people return thither and waters of a full cup wrung out to them. And they say, how doth God? And they say, how doth God know? And is there knowledge in the most high? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world and they increase in riches. So he just sees all of these things that they're doing. I'm going to look at verse 10. I'm going to look at verse 10 in uh, other translations. See, we get a good idea what's going on in verse 10. Reading this in a number of translations, I think can be uh, very helpful here. I'm going to look here, verse, if I can get to verse 10. All right. Uh, Verse 9, just read Psalm 73, 9. Their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. They boast against the very heavens and their words strut throughout the earth. In other words, they boast basically against heaven and they just walk around going, I don't know what your problem is, but I got what I want. I get what I want. I'm happy. Life is good. Man, why are you doing that? And then look at verse 10. Therefore, their people turned to them and drank up waters in abundance. New Living Translation. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. So it, it depends on how you look at this. Is it everyone else is kind of confused by lis- listening to them and drinking up their words? Like you could go a lot of different directions with, with the emphasis there. But the bottom line, it's summarized for us. Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world and they increase in riches. And then look immediately what happens. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. He doesn't understand He is confused, doesn't know what to say. It's too painful even to consider. He is tired. He is weary. He does not know what to do. He feels that it is vain. He feels that it is useless. Now you can you can see if there's any more principles in this psalm that would give out more reasons, but I want you to consider all the causes of feeling like it's all vain. And I think there's many. One, it's the it's just the wicked in their life compared to your life. It's your feeling of guilt and shame and embarrassment. Well, others don't feel any shame, embarrassment, and they seem 50 times happier than you trying to do the right thing. We need to identify the causes of feeling like it's all in vain. Now, what is the solution to these feelings? Well, we start getting a little bit of an idea. All right. We start getting a little bit of an idea. Now, look at this. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me, right? So he tries to figure it out. He tries to understand it, and it's too painful. It's too painful. Now, I'm going to go to verse 15. I'm going to go to verse 15 and look up all translations. I'm going to go to 15. If, if my iPad will get me there. It's taking forever for the pages to change. All right, here we go. We're close. We're close. It's taking its sweet time. All right, here we go. Now, verse 15. Here we go. Let's read verse 15. All right, here we go. Verse 15. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. Verse uh, New Living Translation. If I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. 
If I said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. So he, so the psalmist seems to say, I could not, I could not really say what I wanted to say. In other words, the psalmist is like, he feels he, he, his feet are slipping. He's envious. He's upset. He's bothered. He feels like that everything he's done has been a waste of time, but he also feels like, I can't tell any, it, it, this seems to be the, the implication. You can, you can read into it a little bit more. I'll put it forth as a hypothesis. He seems to be saying, I'm not going to be dogmatic about this assertion. He seems to be saying, and I couldn't say anything. I couldn't really say what I feel. I really could not because, because it could have hurt people. It could have, it could have caused, so I had to live with this reality inside. I think we have to be more real with it and have to say it. But the causes are obviously, he's, it's the other people. Now, he, it's so painful for him to know it. And then the, here is, so, so next we'll go to the solution. So let me give you kind of our little bit of outline that we've got going on here. First, we have to acknowledge the reality of the struggle and difficulty of cleaning our hearts and washing our hands. Second, we have to know that there is an inherent built-in danger of feeling like it's all vain and absolutely useless. Number three, we have to identify the causes of feeling like it's all vain. And the clear identity is he sees the wicked. He contrasts his life with the wicked and he's like, this is useless. And then number four, what is the solution What is the solution? Here we go. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Now, the solution here is he had to now be given a, the best way I can put it is an eternal perspective versus a temporal perspective. He tried to now, he had to have a complete switch in his brain that I'm not going to look at this situation anymore from a temporal perspective. I'm going to look at it from an eternal perspective. But he had to go, in a sense, to the to the sanctuary. He had to go spend time with God, serious time with God. Now, for us, that would be serious time in God's word, serious time meditating. And then like, oh boy, I'm going to, I'm looking at this completely wrong. My whole focus here is the wrong thing. And so what happens? What does he see when he goes in? Well, look, verse 18. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. How were they brought into desolation? As in a moment, they are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream, when one awaketh, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus, my heart was grieved and I was pricked in my reins. So once he begins to realize, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe there's some temporary suffering here. Maybe there's some temporary self-denial. Maybe there's some temporary grief. Maybe there's temporary pain and suffering. But from an eternal perspective, the temporary suffering is far better than eternal suffering. Eternal suffering is not, is when you see eternal suffering versus temporary suffering, you know, the temporary suffering will one day for you as a believer will be gone and then there will be eternal glory and bliss. We must maintain an eternal perspective. We must maintain an eternal perspective. And then he says, and get, when he sees this, his heart was grieved and his, and I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I and ignorant I was as a beast before thee. He begins to realize when, when I see it from your perspective, God, I realize how foolish I am. And then verse 23, nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me in glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon the earth, upon earth that I desire beside thee. That's all. That's, that's, that's an amazing words. Now, now he states that. Remember the psalmist, these are words of, of poetry, of song, of, of emotion. And his emotion, now that he has seen the contrast from the eternal versus the temporal, he begins to say, okay, Lord, you're all I have. You're all, all that I have. I need you. And then he goes on to say, but look at this, my flesh and my heart faileth. 
my flesh and my heart. I think we have to acknowledge my flesh and my heart will fail me. It will over and over and over and over and over and over again. But what does he go on to say? But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. In other words, at some point you got to, Lord, I can't, I'm just going to trust in you. And ultimately we all can only trust in our position because practically we're, we're always going to struggle. And then he goes for lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. He had to go into the sanctuary and get an eternal perspective. That eternal perspective began to make him realize uh, everything around me is going to burn up. Everything else is going to be destroyed. And temporary good versus eternal suffering. No, no, no. I want temporary suffering for eternal good. And once you realize the eternal thing is what matters, then God is what you seek and God is what you desire. Now, we're going to fall. We're never going to get this right. And we're going to struggle, but we can, and he even admits the struggle is going to continue, that his flesh and his heart's going to continue to fail him. I love the honesty. So what causes this is what causes this is when we have a temporal perspective over an eternal perspective. What causes this is when we set our eyes on everyone else. We can't do that. And this is an important concept. This is an important concept. We must learn. Now, I I know the Psalm here, the Psalm 73 does not clearly articulate this. So I'm going to just kind of throw this out there as a hypothesis. You can tell me if it's a biblical concept or not. But we must pursue godliness and holiness and righteousness, not... And not look at it that we're going to get something for it, that something great's going to be, that we, we do so because God calls us to do so. In other words, our focus on pursuing godliness is not out of, well, I'm going to get something from it. It's because God calls me to do it. Because the minute I look at what I'm going to get, and well, as soon as you don't feel the bit, the minute you feel like it's not benefiting you, you're going to be like, it's in vain. It's a waste of time. You, we do it because we're called to do it, not because of what we get out of it, not because we're going to benefit from it, not because it may make our life better or easier. We do it because it's what we're called to do. If we look at it from any other perspective, we're, we're going to look at it. If we look at the pursuit of godliness and righteousness in terms of benefit, there may be times you throw up your hands and go, this is vain because you won't feel like the benefits outweigh the suffering and the struggle. You can't look at it like I'm going to pursue this because of the benefit. You're pursuing it because it's what God calls you to do, irregardless of the benefit, irregardless if everyone around you's life seems to be 50 times better for pursuing the ungodliness. We have this kind of theory that we sometimes preach that, hey, if you pursue sin in the world, it's going to be result in a horrible life and you're going to be unhappy and you're going to be discontent and you're going to be sad and you're going to be miserable. Well, there are clearly things that sin, a life of sin can lead to some really messed up things. We cannot deny that, but we almost teach it as if you pursue the good, then it's going to be a life of peace and happiness and contentment, but it may not. Maybe a life of struggle, pain, and loneliness. Psalm 73. The key verse. The verse that I really want you to think about. And I know I didn't have that all fleshed out. I'm just throwing this out there, getting you to think about it because I think there's much here, is verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. The principles that I want you to take from this are the reality of the struggle and difficulty of cleansing your heart and washing your hand. That's practical cleansing. Not your positional. You didn't have to do anything to get that. Number two, the danger of feeling 
It's all vain and useless. We have to be aware. We have to acknowledge there is an inherent danger in feeling like this. And number three, we need to try to determine the causes of feeling like everything is in vain. And Psalm 73 lays out some good causes and you can articulate it even more. And number four, we need solutions. We need solutions. What is the solution? There you have it. There is a special evening edition of the Today's Focus podcast series that was designed to be 15 minutes, and we rarely ever accomplish that. But there you have it. Some some spiritual nourishment, some spiritual food that I, I all I know is I'm never going to get this all right, and I'm always going to struggle with it because I'm just going to be honest with you. I will always struggle sometimes asking, was it worth it? Is it worth it? I'm always going to struggle with that. I'm just going to be honest with you. That's not going to go away today. It's not going to go away tonight. It's not going to go away tomorrow. Sometimes I'm like, yeah. I know I'm not supposed to say that, but I just did. That is your today's focus for Thursday, September the 14th, 2023.